With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Kamadaf and Vav, page 56. We begin two lines from the bottom of 55b. Amar Mar, we just said, that there's no obligation in the case where somebody opened up the fence of someone else's field and thereby allowed someone else's animal to cause damage. There's no obligation to the person who opened up the field in that damage. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If we're talking about a, a wall, he broke the wall, right? What kind of wall is it? If it's a full-fledged regular wall, there should be an obligation in regards to the wall. Ella, because the Ru'uas, the Gemara said, we're talking about a wall that was a weak wall that should have been taken down anyway to be fixed. So therefore, when he broke the wall, there's no obligation on the wall. There's no obligation on whatever damages were caused as well. That's why we make a blanket statement that there's no obligation. Amar Mar, we also said over there, that, if, that there's no obligation in a case where somebody takes the stalks that belong to someone else, leans them towards the fire, and then the fire comes from a different direction and lights upon those things now that they've been bent towards the fire. So there's no obligation why. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If now that the person bent them, so the fire can come with a regular wind, a wind that usually comes, so there should be an obligation in regards to, to, to the damages. What's the case? Not that he leaned it over, so it could come in a wind that's an unusual wind. So that's why there's no obligation in regards to Dine Adam, in regards to the damages. Ravashi says, There's a, different, a completely different case, Ravashi says, there's no obligation. That we're talking about here where the guy who caused the damage, he actually covered up all of the kama, all of the stalks of his friend, such that now they're considered covered, they're considered tamun, hidden. And anything that's hidden, there's no obligation to pay for those things. When your fire damages something, if it damages something, that's hidden. So therefore now he made it, the person who came to damage, how did he damage? He was completely indirect. He damaged by causing it that the person who caused the damage would not have to pay at all. So therefore that's why there's an obligation on him since it's called a grama, it's called an indirect damage. So we said another case where there's an obligation, that if somebody hires false witnesses to testify about somebody, so it's considered an indirect damage and therefore there's an obligation to pay, despite the fact that the witnesses caused, these false witnesses caused somebody to have to give money. Now, what's the case? If the money ended up being given over to himself, meaning he hired these witnesses to testify falsely that Ruvain owed him money, so he has to give back the money. There should be an obligation in regards to the damages here. So the Gemara says, what's the case? The case is where I hired witnesses to testify about Ruvain that he owes Shimon, another person, money. And therefore, I have no obligation, despite the fact that I caused him to have a loss, and it was certainly something that was not deserved. In any event, I don't have an obligation to pay for that. Now, the Gemara continues, We said another case where there's no obligation is somebody who knows testimony about someone else. He could help him out, he doesn't help him out. But my asking, the Gemara says, what's the case over here? If we're talking about a case where there's two people who know witness, who know how to be a witness, they have testimony about someone, and they don't say it. So, pshita, of course, it's obvious that there would be an obligation in regards to the heavens, and an obligation in regards to the person. Why? The verse itself says, If there are witnesses who know information, and they don't say it, so then they carry their iniquity, they've done something wrong. So it's obvious, we know that. Elabachaz, the Gemara says, we're talking about a single person who he knows something on his own, and he doesn't say it, the, the testimony. So such a person has done something wrong, as far as the heavens are concerned. And Rashi explains what's the problem, because if one person would testify about someone else, despite the fact that he wouldn't be believed completely, but Rashi says there is an obligation on the person who's testifying about, let's say the, the single person knows that Reuven owes Shimon money. So if he testifies about Reuven and says Reuven owes Shimon money, so now Reuven has to swear that he doesn't owe Shimon money. And if Reuven does not swear, then he will have an obligation to pay. So 
therefore there's an achras, there's a responsibility on the person who knows the information to testify in any event. And if he doesn't, so he, then he's done something wrong as far as the heavens are concerned. Now the Gemara asks, the implication of this whole brice over here, with these four different cases, was that, was that these are the only four cases where there's no obligation, where someone does an indirect type of damage. The Gemara says, There are no other cases. We're going to bring a few different cases where you see this. So the law is in regards to a red heifer. The red heifer, they would take the ashes of the red heifer, put it in this special water called the mechatas, and they would sprinkle it on people, and that would take them out of their level of impurity so that they could enter the temple. So now, the, the halach, the law is that in regards to the red heifer, it can't have been used for any other purpose. It can't be worked, and the water also cannot be used for any other purpose. Now, if someone does indeed use it, so he ruins it, it can't be used anymore to sprinkle on people and to take them out of their contamination. So now, the halacha is, So if someone does that, if someone uses the waters, let's say Rashi says, uh, for, for using it as a weight or a measure on one side of a scale, or he uses the cow for some purpose, maybe to plow or whatever it is, so there's no obligation as far as the nezek, the damage is concerned, even though you've taken away its value, you've taken away its ability to be used. But there is something as far as the heavens are concerned, you've done something wrong. Here's another case where you see that there's an obligation in regards to the heavens, but not in regards to the damages themselves, in regards to the person you're not going to have to pay. We have another case. Someone who places poison in front of his friend's animal. There's an obligation as far as the nezek, the damage is concerned, but but there is an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. And as we explained previously, the, there's no obligation because the animal shouldn't have eaten this poison. It's not normal for an animal to eat poison. We have another case. If someone gives over fire to someone who is uh, mentally incompetent, someone who is deaf-mute, someone who is insane, someone who is a minor, there's an obligation as far as the, the damage is concerned. But uh, there is an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. You've done something wrong. Another case, another case is where a person scares his friend and causes him maybe to go into shock or to have some kind of damage because he scared him. It's an indirect damage. So here again, we find that there's no obligation as far as the damage is concerned, but there is an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. You have done something wrong. We have another case where someone's barrel got broken, made out of earthenware, in the public domain. He didn't take it away. Or he left his camel, it fell down, he didn't pick it up. Rabbi Meir says there's an obligation in regards to any damages that are caused. And the sages say that no, there's no obligation between Adam as far as the nezek, the damage is concerned, in between one man and his friend. But there is an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned, he has done something wrong. So Gemara answers in. True. There are many cases where we'll find this kind of idea where there's no obligation as far as the damages are concerned because it's indirect, but you've done something wrong as far as the heavens are concerned. But all of these four different cases, there's a special reason why we needed to enumerate them specifically. Because in all these cases, you would think that there wouldn't even be an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. That's what I was coming to teach you, that there is an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. Now we're going to go through each of these cases and show you why you would think that there would be no obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. The case where somebody broke the fence in front of his friend's animal, the animal went out and caused damage. You would have thought, since the, the wall that we're talking about here is a wall that's supposed to be broken down anyway and fixed anyway, what's, what's this guy done by breaking down the wall? There shouldn't even be any problem as far as the heavens are concerned. Kamash is coming to say that there is an obligation, he's done something wrong because he broke down this wall. In the case where somebody leaned over, 
the stalks of his friend towards the fire. We might say, He could say as follows, How could I know that a wind which is uncommon would come? Maybe there shouldn't even be a promise as far as the heavens are concerned. That's what's coming to teach you. No, there is an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. He has done something wrong. says that what was the issue with the stalks? What did he do? He, he covered them up with some sheets. So now they're considered hidden and there's not going to be an obligation on the person whose fire it was. So, Mahu de Tema, so you would have thought like this, the guy can say, listen, I was covering it up so it wouldn't burn so fast so you could save it. Maybe he shouldn't even have an obligation as far as the heavens are concerned. He hasn't done anything wrong. Kamash Malon, it's going to teach you that no. In the end, all he has caused that someone shouldn't be able to get paid for the damages that were caused to him. So he has done something wrong. In the case where somebody hires false witnesses, we might think, we should say that there's a concept that in regards where I hire someone to do a sin, I hire them to, to be false witnesses. So they shouldn't have listened to me, they should have listened to God. God said that you shouldn't do such a thing. Sorry, maybe I'm, I, the one who sent them, should not have an obligation. Kamash Malan is coming to teach you that no, as far as the heavens are concerned, I have done something wrong. In the case where you have a single witness who also knows some kind of testimony for his friend and he doesn't say it, so there too, you would think that there's an obligation because we would say as follows. Who would say that if I would come and I would testify, that he would admit to the fact that he owes the money? Maybe he wouldn't anyway have had to pay. Why? Maybe he would have sworn falsely. So you can't say that I'm the one who prevented him from having to pay by not saying anything, and therefore now you haven't gotten the money that he owes to you. You would have gotten out of it anyway, even if I had said something. So therefore maybe there would be no obligation. This is going to teach you that he has indeed done something wrong by not saying the testimony that he knows. The Gemara continues, If the animal broke out at night, or it was broken out by robbers, so then we said in the mission there's no obligation. Amar Rabbah, Rabbah says, The case is talking about where the animal actually broke out, broke down the wall. Of If it hadn't broken down the wall, rather the wall fell on its own, my, the implication will be according to Rabbah what? There will be an obligation on the owner of the, of the animal. What's the case? If it's talking about a wall, which is a strong wall, and there's no reason it should have fallen down, if it hasn't gone and broke down the wall itself, the animal, why would there be an obligation? What could he have done to prevent this? It was a regular wall and it fell down on its own. So it must be we're talking about a wall which is a weak wall. It was a broken wall that would have fallen down and he should have made sure that it didn't fall down. So Kumar so says, if that's the case, so then why if the animal pop down the wall, why is there no obligation? It's considered that you started off doing something which was a negligence, because the wall itself was going to fall down, and then in the end it came out something that was an oinus, which there was no obligation, it was not something that was preventable by the person who was the animal, because the animal went and knocked it down, which is something strange. So the Gemara says, Potter. It's good according to the one who says that when you start off doing something which was negligent, and in the end it turned out that it was something, the, the, the way that the damage was caused was through something that was out of his control, that there's no obligation. According to the one who says that if you start off with negligence and you end it off with some kind of lack of negligence where it wasn't your fault, that there is an obligation because of your original negligence, what are we going to say? So why would we imply over here, if the wall is taka, if the wall indeed is a wall that's so weak that it's going to fall down on its own, so that's considered something which is a pshia. There was a negligence here. So Gemara says, really the mission is talking about a case where the wall is a good wall. 
v'afilu lechasra, and there would be an, there would be no obligation even if the wall had not been knocked down by the animal itself, even if the wall fell down on its own, because in either event, so it's something that's out of the control of the person who owns the animal. The so when was Rabbah's statement made? Asefa Imar. His statement was made on a, on a later case in the Mishnah. If a person left out his animal in the sun so that it's, the animal is going a little bit crazy, or he gave it over to a person who has low mental capacities, and it goes down and causes damage, then there's an obligation. So here Rabbah said something else. I'm a Rabbah. Rabbah says in this version that even if the animal broke out on its own, broke down the wall, there's still going to be an obligation. And Rashi says we're talking about a case where the wall is a strong wall. So not only if the animal did not knock down the wall, is it considered that there's a pshia, a negligence here, since the owner left it out. Rashi says, so the animal is going to do whatever it needs to. It's going to, it's going to open up the door even. Even if the animal does something strange, weird, it knocked down the wall. There's still going to be an obligation on the owner, because we would have thought like this, that it's considered that originally he started off doing something which was a pshia, a negligence, which was that he placed it in the sun, so it's going to be a little crazy, it's going to do whatever it takes, it's going to open up the door in a normal way. And in the end, it did something which was unusual, so maybe there should be no obligation. Kamash Mlan was coming to teach you was like this, to kulab shiahi, that is considered absolute negligence from beginning to end. My time, what's the reason? The Amr lay, because the person who got damaged can say to the owner of the ox, made the yadis, you should have known, the came in the shavkes of Bahama, since you left it out in the sun, called any kind of damage that would need to do to get out, it's going to do to get out, because the sun is beating down on it, so it would even knock down uh, a wall, which is unusual for an animal in a usual situation, but this is not a usual situation, and therefore it would be normal for the animal to break down this wall, and therefore that's why there's an obligation on the owner of the animal. The Gemara continues with another case of the Mishnah. If robbers took out the animals, then the robbers had the obligation if the animal causes any damage. On to the top of Nvavim Abed's page 56b. Pshita, the Gemara says it's obvious, of course, given Afkua, since they took out the animal, so the animal has now entered into their possession. The Kalmila, in regards to everything, so of course they have an obligation. The Gemara answers, that there is a Chilish for a different case. It's not what you think. The Kamala Ba'apa, that actually, as Rashi explains, they stood on every side of the animal, so couldn't walk in any direction except for forward, and that's how they got it to where they wanted it to go. And the Chiddush is, the novelty is, that it's considered that it's entered into their possession, even though they haven't actually touched the animal. Just like Rabbah said in the name of Masna, in the name of Rav, if someone takes an animal of his friend, and then he sicks the animal on someone else's field, so that the animal eats up some, some crops, so there's an obligation on the person who sicked the animal. So the Gemara says, Maimid Pshita. So if the case is talking about where it just took the animal and it took it in its hand and it brought it to that to that uh, those crops, so of course there's an obligation. So when it says like that the case is the reason that there's a novelty in this case is because they actually they didn't actually physically take the animal, but rather they stood on every side of it and they guided the animal without actually touching it to the place where it was going to eat someone else's crops. And the chiddush here is the novelty is that there's an obligation and there's a, a novelty also in the case of the robbers that it's considered that they also took it with this way, they were able to acquire it in regards to any obligations that are going to come about because of that. Amr Abayi Rav Yosef. Abayi says to Rav Yosef, a different understanding why there's an obligation in the case where somebody took someone else's animal and brought it to the, to the produce, to the crops of someone else. Why? Because the case is Hikisha Amr The case is talking about where the animal had been hit by the person. And so he hits it with a stick, and when he hits it with a stick, it's considered he did an action of acquiring the animal. So he has an obligation. The Gemara says we can also say in the case of the robber, that they hit it with a stick, and 
what it's coming to teach you is that that's considered a good enough mashicha, a good enough way of pulling the animal by hitting it. It shows possession in a certain sense, and therefore now it's all the obligations that are going to be upon the animal for any damages caused will be upon these listim, these robbers. The Gemara continues with another case of the Mishnah. We said, if he gives it over to a shepherd, so the shepherd now takes on the responsibilities of the person who gave it over to him. Amri, We say, who is he coming instead of? If he's coming instead of the owner of the animal, we actually already had this in the Mishnah before. If someone gives over his animal to a person who's watching it for free, a person who's borrowing it, a person who's getting paid to watch it, a person who's renting it, so all of these cases, so they've entered into the stead of the owners, they have the, the responsibility. So it must be, that what are we talking about over here? What's the chiddush, the novelty here? Is that we're talking about where it had originally been given over to one person to watch, and now the, the person gave it over to a shepherd to watch. So the implication here is that the original person who was watching it, now that he's given over to another person to watch, so the first person has no obligation. So this should be a disproof to the statement of Rabbah. Rabbah says, That if one guard, one guardian gives it over to another person to watch, the first one still has his obligation. So Rabbah can respond to you and say over here as follows. What does it mean that he gave it over to his shepherd? What does it mean when we're talking about that there's a second party involved and the first one has no obligation? We're talking about where he gave it over to his apprentice. It's the normal way of a shepherd to give it over to his apprentice. And therefore, even though, according to Rav, so what's the reason why he can't give it over to a second person? Because the person whose original, who originally the animal belongs to can always say, I trusted you, I didn't trust anyone else. But in this case, where he's giving it over to his, his apprentice, so then the person person who's the shepherd can always say, listen, this is the normal thing to give it over to one's apprentice. So you should have expected that I would have given over to him. So therefore the obligation will no longer be upon the shepherd himself, but rather will be on the apprentice. We have an alternate version. From the fact that it says that he gave it over to a shepherd, and it doesn't say that he gave it over to a different person, we can deduce from here, what does it mean he gave it over to a shepherd? It means the shepherd gave it over to his apprentice. Because if the urchi the roya because it's the normal way of a shepherd to give it over to his apprentice. But if indeed he gave it over to someone else who's not his apprentice, then there would still be an obligation on the person who was originally watching it. So the Gemara says, perhaps this would be a proof to Rav, because Rav said, that if one guardian gives it over to another guardian, so the original person still has an obligation. The Gemara says, it's not a good proof. It could be that it's just saying the regular case, meaning when it says that it gave it over to a roya, to a shepherd, thus implying that it's talking about he, the, the shepherd gave it over to his apprentice. That's the normal case that one person would normally give it over to, to someone else. But it could be that it would be the same halacha, and Rav is not per se correct, it could be it, was, it would be true that a person would not have an obligation if he gave it over even to someone who's not his apprentice. The Gemara continues, Itmar, we learned in an Amoraitic statement, Shemar Aveda, if let's say we're talking about somebody who's watching a lost object, somebody picks up an object that's lost, he plans to return it, now it's in his house waiting for the person who lost it to come and claim it. Rabbi says that it has the halach, the person who's watching it, is like somebody who's, who was asked to guard an object for, without payment. Rav Yosef says no, the person who's watching it is like someone who's getting paid to watch an object. And there are different ramifications of if, 
someone's a shemer sacher, as far as if it's an onus, if something happens to the object, whether there's an obligation to pay. So Rabbi Amar Kishemer Chinam Dami, Rabbi says that the person is like someone who's not getting paid to watch it. Because what benefit does the person have now that he's watching this object, waiting for the person who owns it to, re- to come and claim it? Rav Yosef Amar, Rav Yosef says, Kishemer Sacher Dami, he's actually considered like someone who's getting paid. Why? There is a certain benefit when someone's involved in returning a lost object, so he doesn't have to be involved in a different mitzvah. So if, let's say, some poor person would come to his door, knock on his door and say, um, I need some bread, can you give me some bread? He's very poor. So there would be no obligation to give him that bread. So the person who's watching the lost object, since he's involved in a mitzvah, he's involved in returning the lost object, so therefore he, he gains money. So he's considered like somebody who's getting paid. Those who explain it as follows. Rav Yasef says that he's considered like someone who's getting paid. Why? Since the Torah forces the person to return this object and he's forced to watch it, so then in a certain sense, there's a greater responsibility, there's a greater level of commitment by the person who's watching it. As opposed to Hashem Rechinam, I'm doing you a favor. Here it's not that you're doing him a favor. The Torah gives you no choice. You have to pick up this object, you have to watch it. So therefore, Rabbi Yosef holds it. It's more comparable to Hashem Rechinam, somebody's watching it and getting paid to do it. With Hashem's help, we'll continue from here in the next Daily Daf.